everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I am your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your coach, your guide on the side. Welcome to the program, everybody. Today, live from BYU campus at the Wilkinson Student Center, it's Education Week, folks, which means tens of billions of people have gathered on the campus at Brigham Young University. Really, I'm not sure, tens of billions. billions. We, we, we have to do a census. So we're not sure yeah. if there are tens of billions, easily a billion. Right. But here's what's happening. A uh, thousand classes or so over the entire week. Educators are here. Those wanting to be educated, you pick the topic. There is a class here during Education Week. You know, from parenting, from, um, you know, history classes, uh, religion classes, right. marriage classes, you name it. That's that's what this is all about, Education Week. But you know what? That's what we do on the show anyway. Right. We educate. We do this with the old even with or without education. And the young. Yeah. With the old, you pointed to me, Alyssa. I did. Alyssa I Banks. There. Starting out on a bad foot today, folks. Oh. Not a good day, Alyssa, because we're talking accountability. Yeah, we are. And I'm afraid you're going to be accountable for that. By the yeah. way, sitting next to us today, because we did a little work with this parole officer. Right, right. We James Bird's I am on site today. Yep. You're on site. How did you get yep. out? Well, thank you. Thanks to you talking to my parole officer. Yeah. Uh, he let me out today, just today. Just today. Yeah, to be you know around people. And yeah. it's, it's incredible. You still have to wear the orange jumpsuit yes unfortunately yes okay yeah well you look good in orange orange yeah, they does. say orange is the new black really that's what so they i'm say. very much in style today i think there's an hbo or some movie some TV show about show. that but yeah, uh here's yes. the deal today we got a great show we're talking accountability and honestly what better day to learn about accountability because i have two of more my i have six children four of them are all high school down and two of them started school today Boom. Oh, man. So it's going to be accountable. So now today yeah. I'm going to go home and I've got to make sure they're doing their homework. I'm going to hold them accountable. It's still summer, isn't it? Oh, jeez. Accountable for Alyssa, homework? Alyssa, what? They're in school now. <laughs> All they're right. not a college right. student like you yeah, that just that's true. plays yeah. and just it's has a real fun. cushy, easy job on yeah, the Matt Townsend show. Exactly. I'm lucky. Now, here's the deal, though. We're talking accountability. All, you know, from accountability to yourself, accountability to your family, accountability in your profession, accountability. That's the jo- that's the topic of today. By the way, do- uh, Joseph Grenny is going to be joining us. He's a New York Times bestselling author. Hello. He's going to be walking us through some uh, keys to accountability. A little bit later, one of our favorite uh, contributors of all time, Meg Conley's in the house from Megan Progress. By the way, she's been out of town and apparently was mugged. Oh, no. Or jumped. I don't know what you call it. But she was... Where, she, oh, she was she arrested, was, yeah. Oh. oh, she was arrested. <laughs> That's very different. You know what? It, it's weird. We have a lot of people on the show that have a criminal record. <laughs> and that's okay. Which I, I think says a lot about the show. Because yeah. we care enough to hire even those that are scary. You were doing yes. the world a service. Yeah. So Meg so will be ways. joining us. And then a little bit later, if you ever wondered what's the appropriate age to give your child a cell phone, today we're going to talk about that. What's yeah. the appropriate age to basically do anything? Yeah. You know what? Appropriate age to let your child drive? 16. I'm just going to give you one right now. 12. 
12 if you're in Idaho. Right. And you're desperate. <laughs> yeah. And you've fallen under and a combine. And you're family anyways. And you need a ride. It's yeah. fine. Gosh, Alyssa, you're, you're a rebel today. But yeah. before we go any further, we always like to start the show, and we're going to do it again today, with the headlines. Yeah. Headliners from the Matt Townsend Show. A summary of stories that you might have missed. A summary of stories you might have missed. Alyssa has not missed them. Alyssa, take us through the headlines. Okay, so let me just read you the lead of this. Okay. August 15th would have been Alex Lancaster's wedding day if her fiancé hadn't faked his own death. What? Yes. You you heard it right. Faked his own death. What do you think of that? Well, I think that's not accountable. <laughs> Hello? Are you, so he had to fake his death to get out of his wedding. Right. Did he not realize that that would pretty much ruin the rest of his dating life? He didn't listen to um, the Raising Boys advice yesterday? Yes. Or maybe he didn't get raised the right way. I think apparently he didn't. Yeah. But he apparently faked a death. He did. So let's go back in the relationship of the two, okay? So they met in college in Connecticut, Uh and the girl says, we had posh dinners on the 10th of every month to celebrate when we met, the day we got together, you know? Okay. That's why he did it. He didn't want to keep up that level of dating. Right. right. That's a lot (laughs) of money. He was scared, I guess. We can say it. He was scared. So... Was she scary? No. Well, at least it doesn't say she was. But maybe she was the one who talked to reporters. So it could be biased, right? I bet that's it, huh? Yeah. You don't know. So how did she find out? So she she's like, yeah, it's it's a pretty good relationship. It it's probably too good to be true. Yeah, it always little is. did she know. Uh huh. And so she gets a phone call from Blanford's father, which is the guy's last name. Yeah. And, but it wasn't his father. It wasn't his real father. And he told her that the son had gotten depressed and he had jumped in front of a car. Wow. And they couldn't prevent it and that he had died. He was now wow. he was gone. Wow. Yes. What, was she and from she a was different devastated. Well she must have been from a different country. Or she planet. was. Yeah, I don't know. They were sever- they were separated at the time. Okay. I don't remember. But they still had a wedding day. Yes, they did. Hmm. And so they were she was devastated. She calls the real parents and she's like, What's up? What happened? And the mom says, What are you talking about? He's fine. He's fine. He's right here eating he's, chips. Yeah, he's really, really doing well. Um I thought you two broke up. He's the devil. <laughs> He's the devil. This sounds thought, like Mike Pond. I thought you guys <laughs> this is a Mike up. Pond dating trick. And, Definitely. and the next great thing is that the mother didn't even know about the wedding. Okay? Uh, like, she just thought they were dating. They broke up. What a mess. No, apparently he had faked his own death. And she, or no, <laughs> the guy says, I'm a terrible, awful person. Yes. I know I shouldn't have told her I was yes. dead, but Good. I didn't know what else to do. Okay, how about be accountable? <laughs> be accountable. You it's don't fake hard. your death. You just, the breakups, I guess they get to you. Well, but what's he going to do when he's not graduating from school? He's going to fake his death. He's going to have to tell his parents he died. Yeah, he's he's struggling, I guess. And listen to this last part, actually. Ironically, the girl, her loss of love led to a new career. And guess what it was? Private eye. (laughs) She's a private eye. She's making wedding favors. Oh. <laughs> she couldn't get enough of the wedding. Yeah, I thought she'd be right? like a mortician. I was going to say the same thing. <laughs> mortician. Yeah. Definitely mortician. Don't you think? Yeah. Man, so if you, there's... So that a, gets awkward. Which is good for all of you to learn. What is? <laughs> what lesson out of that <laughs> I'm story trying to garner are we learning? A lesson. You need to learn, if you're going to fake a death, 
you gotta you gotta fake it deeper than one level. Uh huh. You can't okay. just tell all one right. person you're dead. You gotta let right. everyone know. You gotta you're do dead. it well. You gotta go yeah. all out. And if you're going to get married, tell your mother, or she's gonna kill you. And yeah. Then you want so to those fake are good death. lessons, I guess. It's it's a <laughs> it's a scary routine. It but, is. But um, fake it. I mean, I faked sick before. But death. I yeah. mean, faking death—it's hard to recover from. That's morbid. You know what I mean? If you—you you can it's hard only, to recover. From. Let's just that say you can funny. only use that excuse once. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I called Don. Don, <laughs> I'm dead. <laughs> Don would believe it though. Don would just be like, oh, "Okay, well, man. we'll see it in heaven." <laughs> that's why, what he would say. Why are you laughing? Like that's I'm a sorry, long shot. I'm sorry. Oh, jeez. I want you to stay alive for the record. Uh, yeah. oh, thank you. Yeah. Would you write that down, James? Yeah. She wants uh, one vote stay. to it's keep recorded. Matt alive. Done. Yeah, one vote. It's recorded for history. Matt so, one, uh, everyone zero. Here's the deal. We got a great show. Let's not. Uh, let's. Can we just make a pact? Mm-hmm. None of us fake our deaths. Okay. And if we do, make sure you always tell me if you're faking. Okay. Done. So you can help us out on yeah. live radio. Yeah, because I'm not. I'm not one. I'm not a guy that's gonna like send flowers for a fake death. Okay. I'm not. I mean, I'll send flowers if it's real death, and not okay. a fake death. Okay. Okay. No, you gotta draw the line. It would actually really help though if if I was trying to fake my death. You could announce it nationally. You'd be like, "It is official. James Birdsall is dead." I'm like, it is done. official. Oh, yeah. that's good. See? It's a certificate kind of thing yeah. that we did earlier. Yeah. We could be like the death certificate. Yeah. <laughs> Just what we want the show to turn into a death certificate. Uh, okay. Well, we're gonna take a break. We're gonna continue a discussion about accountability. Joseph Grenny, a New York Times bestselling author, is with us. He's going to teach us about an upcoming book that he's got coming out called Change Anything. He's also going to teach us about accountability. Accountability 101. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Stick with us. We'll be right back right after this break on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we're broadcasting live from the Wilkinson Student Center here at Brigham Young University. It is Education Week here on campus, which means, again, tens of billions of people gather and are educated by thousands of teachers. It sounds bigger than it really is. Uh, It's just a lot of people gathering to learn. And we've polled uh, really a a true blue expert, a a three-time New York Times bestseller. Uh, Joseph Grenny is is joining us. He was co-author of three books, Influencer, Crucial Conversations, Crucial Confrontations. And uh, Joseph's uh, one of the founding, um, you know, I, uh, I guess founders of the company Vital Smarts. They go out and do Fortune 500 training with, uh, they basically have worked leader with leaders from 300 of the Fortune 500 companies. I mean, he's the big deal. He He's traveled everywhere, by the way, and he doesn't just try to make companies better. He's about making people better and uh, has worked Literally, I think on every continent, haven't you, Joseph? Uh, not Antarctica yet. Well, the, what the, is the your penguins deal? Penguins haven't brought us in, but yeah, <laughs> not so busy up there, is no, it? No, not so much. They don't fight as much, do they? <laughs> well, no, they seem to get along. They yeah. seem to. It's like I don't know. It's this weird. <laughs> we could symbiosis. learn something from the penguins. <laughs> you have no idea. There's a lot to learn there. Well, Joseph, thanks for being here. Yeah, my pleasure. Now you have another book out, uh, Crucial Accountability. Mm-hmm. Talk about that, because today's topic, accountability. Yeah, yeah. So Crucial Accountability is uh, is the next edition from. 
crucial confrontations. Oh, there you go. Uh, yeah, we, we described those moments as moments of confronting problems, but I think the title scared too many people. Oh, it so, is. Yeah. yeah, we moved yeah. it off to accountability. And, and really what, what, what we found is the, the strength of relationships really is made or broken in just a few moments. Yeah. And, uh, and those moments are often when somebody disappoints us. And how we handle those moments makes all the difference in the world. You know, and it's interesting because it's, it's always a two-way accountability, right? So it's how you handle you disappointing me mm-hmm. and how I handle you disappointing me. Yeah. <laughs> because I, I can take it any way I want to take it, really. Yeah. I can think you're evil, horrible, deplorable, hurtful, intentional, or I can just assume... You blew it. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it really does come down to both of those elements. And I, what, what we found is that that about 90-some percent of the time, the low 90s, what we tend to do, particularly in the workplace, is we work around the problems rather than through them. We yeah. don't talk about it. That's right. So one of, one of the first things that got us really paying attention to accountability moments was a study we did in hospitals where we found if somebody breaks a rule, violates a boundary, does something that puts a patient's life at risk, yeah. the odds that a nurse or doctor would confront it, you were about one in eight. Really? And, uh, Even and so, though it could cause a death yeah. or did cause it, so we don't talk yeah. about it. It's like, la, no, we la, don't. la, Yeah, we assume you probably know better, you know yeah. what you're doing, or I must misunderstood, or uh-huh. we rationalize our way out of dealing with those moments. And the same happens in families. Yeah. You know, something irritates me with my spouse, and I let it build and build and build, and we don't deal with it. And if you don't talk it out, you act it out. That's right. And you see, no one's learning. Yeah. But we're all seeing it. Yeah. One in eight would say something, would bring something up. Yeah. And, and that's, are, do you think those are the same numbers at home? Um, at, at home, what, what often happens is it creeps out in unproductive strategies like yeah. sarcasm yeah. or innuendo yeah. or cold shoulder, things yeah. like that. So they're passive aggressive things. So it tends, because we're in a more intimate setting, to show up in people's behavior, but it doesn't get directly and effectively discussed. Sure. Talk about, so how do you define accountable then? What is accountability? Well, well interestingly, accountability shouldn't be the goal. Yeah. If you're going to do a good job in these moments, the goal is emotional connection, Yeah, particularly at home. And once you connect emotionally, then people start to feel empathy. And when they feel empathy, they feel responsibility. So accountability is the fruit, not the, not, not the goal. Well, and it's interesting, the connection, that's, uh, there's a lot of research recently about that's like just, that's the basic human need. Mm-hmm. That's the basic driver is to know you're cared for. Somebody cares. So you're kind of saying, if you can get to that Accountability will be a fruit of that. Yeah, yeah. Trust will be a fruit of that. Yeah, the problem we run into is that that in those moments, we're wired to look for threats and danger. Yeah. So if you approach me and say, hey, Joseph, I've got some feedback for you. Yeah. My, my brain starts scanning for threats. Right. And I'm looking at your, yeah, <laughs> and, and, a, and it could be a verbal knife. That's right. I'm looking at your face, your, your body posture. Yeah. I'm listening to your tone of voice. And if I hear anything menacing, then all my defenses go up and mm-hmm. I won't hear a word you're saying. That's why it's so important to connect emotionally first to create what we call safety in that yeah. conversation. Well, it, to me, because you're not, that's that, a lot of those are just, they're nuances. They're almost, they're picked up by your low brain that's there to protect you. That's right. Not, it's not even cognitive. You're not like, is this a threat? But yeah. if somebody, I mean, a lot of husbands and wives in my program, I see the husband or wife wants to give feedback and just the feedback starts to create a weird vibration between. That's right. Yeah. So the way you're saying the way you circumvent that is show an emotional connection, create an emotional connection. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we do that by creating safety. 
So if people feel safe with us, if they feel that we care about their problems and we also respect them as a human being, yeah. as soon as they feel those two things, then they want truth. They That's want right. feedback. They want connection. And then when they hear that they've had an impact on you that they didn't intend, they feel empathy for that. And that's then right. they feel responsibility. So that's, that's the order effect. So safety, trust. Well, no, safety, respect. Uh-huh. Those are kind of the two basics yeah, the connection pays or the, takes care of. The two, the, the two parts of emotional safety are mutual purpose and mutual respect. If people feel like that we have a shared sense of purpose between us yeah. and a shared sense of respect between us, then they relax. And then it's not the low brain that's attending to yeah. cues anymore. Now it's the higher functioning yeah. part of the brain, and now we're problem solving. That's right. And now I can be... Now I can be more real with you. Now I can be more connected. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, one of the uh, ironic researches we've done is we'll, we'll go into the sort of front lines of organizations and we'll say, what's one of your frustrations with leadership here? Yeah. And they'll say, the leaders here don't want to hear the truth. When we give them feedback, they shut us down. They ignore us. And then you go to the C-suite. You talk to the CEO and you say, what's your biggest frustration here? And the CEO will say, people don't tell me the truth. They never talk. Yeah. yeah. They don't tell me anything. So, so both of these are saying, we want to tell the truth. That's They're saying, we want to hear the truth, but nobody is speaking the truth right. and and so the the truth is it's a problem of safety not truth yeah isn't that interesting and the safety triggers this other part of us that you can't just turn on automatically mm. it has to be kind of earned on you yeah. have to like feel it I have to feel you care. Yeah, the, the, the challenge in relationships often we think is, you know, we've been married for 30 years or something like that. So yeah. she ought to feel safe with me. Yeah. Or he Hello. ought to feel safe with That's me. Right. The truth is there's relational safety and then there's situational safety. Situational is more important even than relational. Yeah. So it's how I show up right now that in will the determine moment. whether you feel triggered and defensive, mm-hmm. no matter what's happened the previous 29 years of our marriage. Yeah. So you've got to be attentive to this all the time when people are feeling threatened. Well, that's huge because a lot of us just think we should be safe, right? You know, we've been married. How long yeah. your husband? Yeah, you know Tell me. me what you feel, dang it, or I'm going <laughs> to get so mad at you. Isn't that true? Yeah. That, that situationally, if you can't earn it in the moment, you don't deserve it. Yeah. Why would I give it to you if you can't work me right? Work with me right now? Yeah, and the, the Education Week session I taught earlier today, I, uh, a woman was asking about that. We are talking about creating safety in a conversation. And she says, well, what if, what if I do all that stuff and then my child still just shines me off, says, I, I don't yeah. want to open up to you. Well, the problem is it didn't work. This isn't a technique. This is a condition. That's right. And if they aren't feeling it, then it isn't there. It's not going to happen, right? And so it may take multiple conversations. It may take time. And, you know, as our colleague Stephen Covey used to say, you can't talk your way out of problems you behaved your way into. It's so true. So it takes building safety over a period of time. Well, and there's sometimes it might not ever take place. Mm. They may just never be able to do it. And that might be developmental. That could be psychological. That could be for whatever reason. So... But I guess, too, you, sh- you probably ought not turn into a dragon because they're messed up. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to take the lead. Yeah. You can just keep trying. Yeah, that's right. W- w- one of the most important aspects of a healthy relationship is, number one, me not blaming you for my emotions. Yeah. And number two, my not t- taking responsibility for yours. That's right. I'm not responsible for your no. emotions. I'm responsible to offer you safety. But if because of trauma in your life or other sorts of experiences, you can't experience that and yeah. you can't connect with it, then that's not mine. That's yours. And you got to get to a point where that's you let huge. other people own that. That's maturity. Yeah. I mean, that's accountability, quite honestly. And that, I guess that's what you're saying to be accountable to is to that level. Yeah. 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 I, re- I really think so. And there, there, are, there are times when the problem is a five-year problem to solve, not a one-conversation problem right. to solve. And, and, and sometimes you have to make up for a history of neglect or having blown it 
So that may take years. Yeah. You know, another, uh, another key finding in our observations of how people handle these moments well is, is frequently the, the problem is we're having the wrong conversation. Yeah. And so if, I, if I'm trying to create safety and the other person continues to be withdrawn and disingenuous in their communication, sometimes what you've got to do is change the subject from the problem we're trying to solve to the problem that's happening in our conversation. That's right. And talk about that and, yeah. uh, and share that and let the other person share responsibility for it as well. That's, so take it, take, don't focus on the content of the conversation, yeah. but more the process of the conversation. Exactly. Like, look how we're talking right now. Yeah. No wonder we don't feel safe. We're not even talking in yeah. a safe way. Yeah. That's yeah, I had a had a, a conversation. I was on a scout trip over the summer, and uh, and one of the other scoutmasters and I were were walking and talking, and he was opening up, and and over a period of time, as he was sharing some of his concerns, I, I realized that uh, that that really the issue was different than what he was expressing, and I said, you know, I've noticed over the past half hour that that fifteen times you've mentioned some of the accomplishments of your children. What's that about? That's great, and I. Uh, and his eyes opened a little wider, and you could tell he was pondering a little more deeply. And then he got to the real heart of yeah. this ache and pain he's feeling at being alienated from the kids. He didn't want to brag about his kids. He was feeling pain, but we were having the wrong conversation. Interesting. So picking up those cues, I think, is helpful. That is, that's huge. And it's, um, but it's almost like, again, and this is probably why your books are so valuable to people, is because where do you learn that? Mm. So your parents don't just sit down usually and say, well, son, now I'm going to teach you about what's the real yeah. conversation we should should be having yeah so this isn't stuff i mean it's intuitive but we we i guess it's actually count the way we live seems to be counterintuitive yeah. if we follow the lead of our reactive brain you're not going to get very far yeah I, I i think the learning deficit that you describe is really a critical one that that most of us aren't trained in conversation skills uh-uh. and yet it's the 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 vehicle through which we accomplish absolutely everything in our lives yeah so it it pays to set some time aside and start going after it intentionally yeah no huge that's why you're here joseph <laughs> you're here to teach us is that why i'm here that's Thank why you. you're here that's the only reason <laughs> we're here with joseph granny again uh a New York Times bestseller and uh, the author of um, Crucial Accountability. Yes. Crucial Accountability. Is that out already? It is, yeah. So Crucial Conversations was the first book. Yeah. Crucial Accountability is a companion book. Sweet. Okay. There you have it. What else do you need to know? Well, we've got more, so stick with us. We're going to take a break. When we come back, more with Joseph Grenny right here on the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend. Today, we're broadcasting live from Brigham Young University. Uh, we're here at the Wilkinson Student Center on campus. It's uh, the middle of education week here on campus. You know, everybody gets together, learn things, get educated about family, about marriage, you know. Everything you need to know in life can be taught right now on this campus and can be found on the campus here at Brigham Young University. But we brought in a big hitter, the big leagues here. Joseph Grenny is joining us. Joseph is a New York Times bestseller. 
He is also one of the founders of Vital Smarts, which is a it's a training company uh, that teaches the importance of uh, communication, a lot of the people skills, really, kind of human development skills. Um, but they've written books like Crucial Conversations, uh, Crucial Accountability. The Influencer was one of their big books as well. Uh, Joseph Granny, thanks for being here. Oh, my pleasure. I mean, it's so cool to see, because this is all stuff I love. And I grew up a kid of divorced parents. So, you know, I sat there and think, I used to think, man, why can my parents not get along? Because I love both of them. But it's the... It's the it's their inability to kind of bridge the gap between their differences. Hmm. So I've always thought we've got to teach people how to bridge the gap, and really that's your company. Yeah, yeah, it really is, and it's it's sort of fun. Uh, you and I both have a connection long ago to Stephen yeah. Covey, and he was one of the first that uh, that I really saw that said if you take good solid social science and make it accessible to solve business problems, oh. you get a freebie to help people in their personal that's right. lives. That's it's right. a subsidized way yeah, they're of take really changing home. families and changing lives. That's right. And uh, and that's wonderful, and uh, and so where we focus uh, at least part of our work on crucial conversations, the larger context is behavior change in general. That's right. So we're interested in how do you help people change their behavior in order to improve their lives. But one of the most important areas to change behavior is how we communicate with one another, and the the, the huge insight that to me is at the core of all of our work is people's recognition that their own emotional experience is their responsibility. Yeah, you have to own and, that at least. Yeah, that's where it all begins. So really, because part of what we're talking about on the show today is this accountability idea, but maybe the most important area to be accountable to is your emotional state. You have to own that. That You don't make me mad. Joseph Granny can't make me You can influence me greatly. Yeah, yeah. But I guess I have to own that it's my life, it's my state, it's my reaction. Yeah. Yeah. Most, most of us, when we're approaching people about accountability concerns, and our definition of that is if somebody breaks a promise, violates an expectation, or behaves badly. Yeah. So any of those. Yeah, which, by the way, sounds like my morning. <laughs> yeah. That's my morning, Joseph, right there. I'm going to try to do one of each of those <laughs> during right. this show, man. Yeah, every day. <laughs> but if, if one of those happens, the biggest barrier to me solving the problem is my emotion. The oh, second yeah. biggest barrier is your emotion. That's it's right. all emotion. That's yeah. what's in the way. So the actual text of what happened and the disappointment that occurred, that's not even the major issue. It's not. It's just how you're feeling and how I'm feeling about it. If you can sort through that, you can do anything. Don't you, you really would. If you could turn off the emotion and then just use logic. Yeah. Or, yeah. Your, or I always say just use your principles. Yeah. That, that'll set you free. Have you ever heard of logical force? Mm-mm. Oh, you've you got to go look. Lay that it up. on me. Here's the basic idea. It's, it's, a, it's an energy that allows you to do something that's logical, mm. even if it's immoral. Mm. So a lot of us do stuff and we justify our, our, our reactivity. We justify our inappropriate behavior based on the fact that it's logical. Hmm. So what? It's not logical for me to want to punch you? You're being a jerk. I'm going to punch you. Well, sure, it's logical. You're saying that hypothetically, yeah. right? Well, no. No, Joseph. I'm ticked. Oh, good. <laughs> he he just scooted his chair, chair away. <laughs> for those that aren't uh, watching, Joseph's slowly working his way away from the It's table. a radio show. <laughs> but it, all of a sudden, it's logical for me to be mad so I can be immoral. Hmm. So now it's not. I'm not living based on my, my values. I'm now based on my mood. And once I'm based on my mood game over because what if your mood's not good yeah yeah it's hard but the force the logical force is the idea that it's logical to do that we we did an uh, an interesting study that adds another element to that so i i like the notion of logic and that that's a way we morally disengage yeah the 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 second path to moral disengagement is mindlessness i think often sure 
Um, we did a little study, in fact, here in, uh, in Happy Valley in Utah, uh, where we had 30 kids. I got them to play a, a bean toss game, a ba- uh-huh. bean bag toss game. And we said, we'll pay you a dollar for getting in the big hole, two for the middle hole, three for the, uh, the smallest hole. And keep track of your own score. <laughs> and then we had a hidden camera, and we watched with it. 80% of the kids lied. 80%. And Are these were kidding? kids that had just finished a seminary, a Bible study class. Those so, liars! Yes, those dirty, rotten liars. And so, <laughs> so it, you know, it presents us all with a question. Why would they do this? Why would you know, they why need to lie? Are they rotten, evil kids? Or what are they? So the, the second condition of the experiment, we did one little simple intervention. All we did was at the beginning say, okay, a dollar for this, two dollars for this, three dollars for this. Keep track of your own scar. And right. by the way, would you promise to be honest? That's all we did. Was just, you just, just asked ask them honesty. to make a promise, to be honest. And then if they said, yeah, I'm willing to make a commitment around that, we had them sign a little piece of paper. That, and then we said, go in there, keep track of your own score, you're on your own. 20% of the kids lied this time. So a 60% reduction. By asking Massive for shift. honesty. Just by drawing their attention to and framing this as a moral experience, they were attentive to that. So I think one of the problems is we go morally asleep lots of times. Totally. And, uh, and, and us helping each other through conversation occasionally to be more conscious of that can really influence behavior. Could you, do you think that that would apply as a parent if I just asked you, would you just promise, would you just promise me you're going to do this? Yeah. Or, yeah. I mean, some form of like tying them to an accountability. That's right. It would probably increase the odds they'll do it. Absolutely. Just drawing their attention to that. We did a, a, a fun experiment last uh, last December, so Christmas was coming up. Yeah. And we wanted to test the same sort of concept about if you frame something morally, does it change it? So we asked the question, is is Christmas a moral or an immoral time? Do people get more selfish or do they uh, get more selfless? Yeah. And, of course, most of us think, oh, you know, there's pictures of yeah. Jesus and We're all that giving. around. We're we're giving and, and but we weren't sure that that was true. So we brought little kids in. We had them play some Christmas games, and then we had them talk to Santa. And in the first condition, we had Santa say, "Isn't Christmas wonderful? You get all kinds of presents. You get, get, get. What presents do you want to get?" So we had this getting conversation yeah. with them. And then he had two of the kids he just talked to go over. One was a subject and one was a confederate and talked to an elf. And the elf said, hey, I've got these massive chocolate bears for you. Do you want one? And the kids say, oh, yeah, absolutely. And so and then the elf goes, uh, oh, I'm sorry. We only have one big one left, a little one. And so now he holds them up. One is Titanic. I mean, it's the size of a football. And the other one is like a chocolate kiss, you know. He's holding these two up, and he turns to the subject child and says, which would you like the child knowing that he's going to be stiffing the other kid if he takes the big one? So that was the the intervention. So in in the condition where Santa talks about Christmas as get, 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 80% of the kids take the big one and run off and let the other one. Yeah. In the second condition, we had Santa say, isn't Christmas fun? It's a time where you get to give. And who do you want to give a present to? And is there anybody that you've got some special plan for this Christmas? And then they go over to the elf, and this time 80% of them give the bigger chocolate away. It's it, it's not about what's happening. It's about what we can talk about That's around right. what's happening. Can we create meaning for each other? Well, which is, the, again, isn't that full circle back to why communication matters? Because it's, crea- it's how you create meaning. Yeah. So if you believe in, like, social constructionism, that we construct our world through our interaction, 
how you talk about Christmas would create giving or receiving. That's right. Yeah. How yeah. you talk about honesty and integrity and accountability. Yeah. Create it. That's huge. And look what we do with our kids. So, you know, just take the Christmas example. Yeah. We talk about it exclusively as get, 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 get. Yeah. And then they behave, behave like, you know, narcissistic Spoiled little, little brats. Yeah. And we and blame then, them. And you're like, these kids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when, when will they ever learn? That's right. <laughs> Man, you guys, you guys do a lot of mean stuff to little kids. <laughs> yeah, we what do. What is your deal? We do. But, but I. <laughs> it's all for learning. It is. It's, it's all for science. It's in the interest of, so there's logic, and so we can do these all And now things. you can tell the story, which is half the battle. Um, I, well, to me, it's, it's a fascinating, um, it really is, it's kind of an interesting way to get to accountability. What are, we're accountable for what we say. We're accountable for what we hold up as honorable. We're accountable for what, how we react, how we respond. I mean, we see what's going on in a very societal level in Ferguson, Missouri, there's a lot of just confusion and chaos, and there's a ton of complexity to the issue. It's not one cause, one effect. It's not one yeah. boy, one cop. It's it's a bunch of stuff. And so, how do we cut through some of that? I mean, it's so confusing. In the in the crucial accountability book, the 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 core of the book is this description of the six things that cause people to behave the way they do. The problem you and I have when we're trying to deal with accountability is we only think of one, and that right. is you have bad motives. That's right. You did it on purpose. It's because you don't care. Yeah. So I could watch from Provo, Utah, what's happening in Ferguson, Missouri, and just say, look at these people. They're out of control. They're crazy. Right. And the truth is there's social forces yeah. and there's structural That's forces. Right. There's economic and forces. And historic. And, and yeah. And, and those matter. Yeah. And until you and I have a real view of what's influencing behavior, we can't hold people no. accountable. Well, and, and then when they're in it. Those that have a lot of those answers are also then maybe caught up in the emotion of it. Yeah. So once the emotion takes over, no one's learning anyway. Yeah. And then, I mean, it's it's a really it's it, but it's a very interesting. It's a microcosm of the world anyway. And then our marriages look just like Ferguson. Half of them, at least. Yeah. Half of them have the same tensions and crazy, crazy stuff going on. So part of it, I guess, is you have to understand. You have to get as much information as you can. Which is the conversation again. Yeah. And that's that's where you have to surface it. If there's enough safety in the conversation, then between us, we can fill the pool of meaning. We can yeah. understand what's driving you, what drove me, what got us to where we are. And then we can solve the real problem. That's right. The real problem, which isn't usually what we're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Huge. Okay, Joseph, stick with us. We're, we're going to continue our discussion. Joseph Grenny's here, again, uh, from Vital Smarts, but also one of the authors of Crucial uh, Accountability and Crucial Conversations. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Matt Townsend Show right here on BYU Radio. I am your host, Dr. Matt Towns, and today we're talking about accountability. We're on the campus of Brigham Young University. It's the middle of education week, and we are broadcasting live from the Wilkinson Student Center. Uh, I'm joined by Joseph Grenny, who is uh, a best-selling author um, of some books, Crucial Conversations, Crucial Accountability, uh, Influencer, which is also a very, very good book. Um, He's teaching us about... You know, they're, they're, they're human, they're development skills, they're behavioral kind of science, but made easy and made, I think, much, much more effective. So, Joseph, thanks for joining us again. Glad to be here. Um, 
Does all of this, because I know you do this on the corporate level, and it, I mean, it's making a difference, but in the personal level, it seems even more necessary, hmm. like in my personal life. And as somebody that's mediated divorces and worked with couples for years, it's it's a sad deal when we don't know what we're doing here. And yeah. it's almost like we need to be teaching this in grade school. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is. And un- unfortunately, the kind of scripting that most of us get from the time we're young is from television. We're watching actors. Right. And the, the dominant story pattern in, in most movies and dramas is there's a hero and there's a villain. Yeah. And our belief that others in our lives are villains um, shuts down the capacity oh. for understanding and for connecting with That's people. Right. Now and you're so really not going to talk. Yeah, we're untraining people as much as we are training them. It's so true. <laughs> and it's, I guess some of that's just natural. But... It seems like people wouldn't be so naturally devilish, like so naturally. But I guess it's self-preservation, isn't it? Yeah. I think one, one of the greatest gifts parents can give their children is to complicate their world a little bit earlier. Uh-huh. So when, when we want to simplify it into the good guys and the bad guys, helping people see the merits of both and understand and appreciate arguments on both sides. And that's that, That's the way we, we I think, will accelerate uh, the uh, peace on the planet. Well, I know, but there you go again, Joseph. See, you're changing the conversation. Oh, see, yes, once, that, that, like that, So when all these people are sitting there, instead of watching and anticipating are the riots going to break out again tonight in Ferguson. Maybe what would be better to be talking to your kids about is the, the deeper story and the more complications that exist yeah. in this story and start to show that it's not one cause, one effect. Mm-hmm. There's multiple causes, multiple effects, and get yeah. them involved in thinking. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be wonderful if a child saw an image like that, hopefully a little older child, yeah. on, on the television to say, why, why do you think they'd do that? You know, what, what would make somebody that angry? Yeah. What would drive you that? to ever act that way? Yeah. And boy, then, then there's a capacity for empathy. And then when they face some circumstance, they have the ability to reach out and to connect and, and have the crucial conversation. Yeah. You know, it's funny because uh, once you kind of read your status, Joseph, of guru... Uh, which I've just given you. Wow. Thank you. Joseph has officially reached guru wait, wait. status. I want, to, I want to experience Hold this on. moment. Just uh, just take it in for a minute, Joseph. Okay. Because nobody on. wants to be called that. <laughs> but here's the deal. So then you go home, and your wife's like, where have you been, Joseph? <laughs> Did you pick up the kids? Yes. Is yeah. this, do you, are you feeling like when it comes to your personal life, it's still just, it's the same. It's hard. It's hard for everyone. It is hard. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I tell people when they ask about uh, my crucial conversations experiences as well that I've probably gone from a C minus to a B minus yeah. in hey. my life. Yeah. But you know what? That's huge. That is. And it, it, if you get a little bit better, things get a lot better. Mm-hmm. Th- this is a high leverage thing to focus focus on. So my goodness, I have as many mistakes as I do successes, yeah. but more successes than I used to. Well, and it's not, I mean, you've got tomorrow's another day. Mm-hmm. And so tomorrow we can confront tomorrow. We can, you know, hold each other accountable tomorrow. We can, res- you know, hold back our reactivity. I mean, it, we just do it again tomorrow. And if I blow it today, I, even if I found you can still go back and fix stuff. You just have to get intentional and go start changing stuff. Yeah, I, I, I was remembering the other day, uh, a few years back, I had a writing task I was doing with one of my partners. We've been together for 24 I mean, years. You, and you guys, so. that's weird because you write as a team, really. Yeah, we do. Hard. Which creates a lot of opportunities yeah. for conversation. And we had this practice between Carrie and myself that uh, one or the other of us would take a first draft of the chapter, the other would do rewrites, and then we'd meet and talk. So that was the process. And and he had written the first draft. I'd done a, some major rewrites. I emailed it to him. And then on Saturday evening, 7.30, 
7 o'clock, we were going to talk on the phone about it. So I called him up at 7 o'clock. And I said, did you get the email? And he said, yeah. I said, did you get a chance to look at the chapter? He said, yeah. I said, what would you think? He said, you ruined it. You I dummy. Said, I, I didn't ruin it. I fixed it. He said, you didn't fix it. He said, it's all disjointed now. It goes yeah. from A to C to F, and there's no flow to it. And so here in four seconds, God. we're in this incredibly tense conversation. And the irony is we were writing a chapter of Crucial Conversations. That's what we were talking yeah. about. It got so, away from you. Yeah, it, it happens to all of us. That's cool. <laughs> I mean, for the rest of us, that's really cool. You're that messed up. I'm very that messed up. That is so up. cool. Please help me, Dr. Townsend. <laughs> Where else do we do this? Where else should we focus? on, um, you know, watching out for our reactivity, understanding, being a little bit more vulnerable. Where else do we need to do this? What other skills, tools do we need? Well, uh, you you made reference earlier to a a newer book project of ours called Change Anything. Yes. And that's one where social science has a lot of comfort to give us. So the, the domain for the book Change Anything, the new science of personal success is, how do I intervene to change my own habits? So this isn't me trying to influence you. This is me influencing me. And most of us are just one habit away from from either being financially better off or having a healthier family or being healthier physically. There's just one habit. And we struggle to change that one habit. One of the huge insights that that we hope people get out of the book is breaking out of what we call the the willpower trap. This notion that that when I break my diet, it's just because I'm weak-willed and a bad human being. You're pathetic. Same with me having this conversation with Carrie and, yeah. and violating everything I know about dialogue, right? right? And any time that we, we do poorly, we tend to blame it on motivation problems rather than ability problems. Right. The big insight of the social sciences is that far more of our problems have to do with a lack of skill than a lack of will. Totally. And, and if, if we get that one insight, I think we become more compassionate and supportive of each other, and we become more successful at changing. Why do you think we'd question? I mean, it's interesting because the will, I, I guess it almost beats us up more when we question our own will. Like, we're pathetic. Yeah. Instead yeah. of just unskilled. Yeah. Untooled. Yeah. yeah, we shame ourselves. We shame others. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a universal dilemma. Yeah. And, uh, and I think part of the reason is the hardwiring thing we talked about earlier. Our low brain is designed to look for threats. Uh-huh. And there's nothing more threatening than a villain. Yeah. And so... Even it, if you are the villain. That's right. That's right. And uh, it's, it's better to find too many villains than too few. And so we overscan for it. We, yeah. we, we overwatch for it, including in ourselves. So our default conclusion is when people are behaving badly, it's because they have bad motives. Oh, That's yeah. what happens in our brain. Interesting. And we have to cue ourselves and train ourselves out of that so that we can be not just more compassionate, but more influential. Oh, yeah. It's almost like, too, it means our arrows are out more. So we're focused out mad at everybody that's hurting us instead of solving our problem yeah which is right there yeah yeah that's huge yeah, we, we did uh, another experiment since I've well, already Well, hold on. Was it on little, kids? Yeah, it was on kids. And Jeez, uh, guess what? We just, had them do something they'd be embarrassed about. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's cool. a theme, isn't there? Yeah, you guys are scary. We, we, we tried to put them in circumstances where they had a chance to earn a bunch of money, so $40 in 10 minutes. So wow. big bucks. That's really big bucks. So $40, and we had them think about a goal that they'd want to accomplish, something they'd want to buy with yeah. the $40. And then we exposed them to just really modest temptation. So we said at the end of every round where they earn $10, we said, here's a table of all kinds of stuff you could buy, but all of it would, was priced five times higher than retail. So they knew it was a bad <laughs> right. buy. Bad buy. So like a Don't Snickers bar was $6. Yeah. <laughs> and so they'd earn $10. We'd bring them over and say, you want to buy anything? And then we'd take them back, earn another $10, and bring them over. The, the, the circumstance was that at the end of each round, uh, most of them ended up spending far more than they wished they had. 
Uh, the average kid walked out with, uh, out of $40 potential, only $13. Some of them were in debt. They owed us money by the time they were done and felt ashamed and oh. awful. And, and so we interviewed them and we said, why do you think you did that? Why do you think you did it? And the number one answer, this is so important for parents to hear. This is so important for us as individuals to hear. The number one answer they gave was, I guess I was just weak. You wore them down. Let's see, yeah. They thought it was them being yeah, weak. it was me. They didn't know that you were wearing them down. Yeah, yeah. And when, when we then stepped them back and said, Let, let's show you the experiment. We show them how we designed all these different kinds of influence. We had signs up yeah. to make them hungry. Yeah. We had other kids mentioning how good the candy bars were to <laughs> them, uh, Confederates that were in the room. We had them uh, work off a credit account instead of out of cash, yeah. so they didn't even realize how much they were. Yeah. We, we did all these things to manipulate their experience, and when we told them that, they were stunned that that had happened to them, but they weren't aware of it. Interesting. So this this is the central skill for people that want to learn to change their lives. It's learning to recognize all the things that shape our behavior, yeah. and learning to take control of those. Well, and it's not you. I mean, it's not it's not like you're a horrible, evil person. You just don't know what's going on. You're not paying attention. Yeah. You're not seeing everything that's happening. And it's wearing you down. It is. And yeah. I bet if you continue that on, they'd lose more and more money yep. the longer the day went. And they'd feel worse and worse and worse rather than stepping back and saying, wait, it's, uh, it's this guy that's whispering uh-huh. to me and it's these pictures over here. And you and I tend to shame ourselves so much that instead of trying to control the world around us yeah. and how it influences us, we beat ourselves up. What we ought to be doing is fixing our house and our environment and all the things that shape so our choices. True. If you want to take control of your behavior, take control of the things that control you. That's that's the finding of the social sciences over the past 70 years. And then the minute you shame and you withdraw, you're doing you have to withdraw so you don't have to keep being horrible, but you also don't solve it. You don't. And then you just start it again tomorrow. You go back into the same circumstances, and you, and you, you'll try harder and, tomorrow. And it wears you down again. Ah, Joseph, you've just pegged my life. <laughs> In a nutshell. <laughs> Holy cow, so efficient. And all of ours. Hey, talk to me. One more thing. We have about a minute. Um, what would you say is the one thing? So we always kind of talk about the one thing that, you know, that makes the difference mm. today. What's the one thing we should all be focusing on? Well, from, from our body of work, it would be just looking at habits and realizing that, that uh, the, the capacity to influence our own behavior is really the key to success in every area of life. So getting better at that, whether it's in how I converse with others, whether it's in how I change personal habits, or how I influence in the workplace, uh, that's where, that's where that's the where, yeah. success lies. Yeah, you could try working everywhere else. Start with yourself. Joseph Granny, well done, my friend, and good luck. When does Change Anything come out? Uh, it's been out uh, for uh, for a little over a year. Where have I been, Joseph? Oh, I, uh, I'll catch you up. Gosh, <laughs> didn't even know it was out. Joseph Granny, go check out the website, though, Vital Smarts. You can also check out his personal site. I think it's josephgranny.com. Uh-huh. Uh, so appreciate it. Again, New York Times bestseller, Joseph Granny, Crucial Conversations, Crucial Accountability, Change Anything, Influencer. Those are his books. Well done. Holy cow, I got work to go do. And I'm not shaming myself. I'm just going to get started where I can. Thanks again, Joseph. Great to be on the show. Appreciate you, man. We're going to take a break. Well done and, uh, you know, well-deserved, for heaven's sakes. We're going to take a break. When we come back, our own uh, Michael Bond back from vacation and sequestration. He will be back with us. He's going to be talking to us about uh, being responsible for yourself. A lot of what Joseph was just talking about. More after the mat, uh, after this break right here on the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio.
everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your coach, your guide on the side. Little Ethel Merman. That was really good, Ethel Merman. <laughs> it's fantastic. Uh, I haven't thrown Ethel in there for a while. We are broadcasting live from the Wilkinson Center Student Center here at uh, Brigham Young University. It's Education Week. People are here by the truckload getting educated. <laughs> It's by the van load, actually. I saw the vans. Yeah. There's a thousand vans of different colors. So many. Red, so many vans. blue. It's so many vans, I don't know how you keep your van straight. I saw a green one. Wow. Actually, that's not one of the school vans. Oh. That's well. just a family from Virginia here on vacation. Hey, welcome to the program, everybody. We've been talking about accountability, and we, you know, there was a, a member of our team that we lost, I don't know, months ago. Uh, his name I'm is right here, guys. <laughs> oh, there he is. <laughs> oh, my gosh. He sounds goofy. But that's not you, Mike, because that's that, I, I was looking at you, and you just spoke without moving your lips. That was You've really recorded mics. <laughs> How do you do that? Because that's funny. I'm looking at you. Your lips don't move, but yet words come out. Hey, Matt. <laughs> You're a ventriloquist. That's Aaron. So Aaron's back at the studio playing with your voice. Right. You know, we've been doing that for the two months you've been gone. That Boy, the conversations we've had. Oh, my heavens. Wow. It's People really good to be back, though. Really laughing. good. I've, we've missed you. Where were you? I was all. I was in Europe. Yeah. I went to seven different countries. I was in uh, Lake Powell. I went to Southern California, Central California. Is that why you've got that tan? Yeah, that's why. Is that why you're wearing that jazz jersey? No. With the short sleeves? No, I. No, that's not. That is not true. Okay. Just checking. That yeah, doesn't help that we're on site live, so people can actually see what he's wearing. So. <laughs> Yeah. No deceiving Thanks anyone, Thanks for man. pointing that out, James. Well, I was all over the place. A lot of fun. Great vacation. Um, let's just talk for a minute about your friend. My, my good friend. Your good friend that's a girl. Alyssa. Not our Alyssa. Is no. that another Alyssa? A- another Alyssa. Oh, you've given her name now. You, yeah, I told you last time I was here what her name was. We can remember? use her name? Yeah, you can use her name. It's okay. Are you two still together? We're still together. Did she know about the secret? What secret? The, okay. ja- the accident? No, the other one. Oh, the other I don't know the other man, one. Okay. Uh, Mike is a man of secrets, and so it's hard to know which one. By the way, that's why they call you Pond. Right. Mike Pond. Indeed. So here's the deal. Mike's put together a really awesome uh, discussion for us here because there are many things that... As parents, you specifically can influence your family, your kids that are going away to college. Right. There's things they need to know. And if you don't let them know these things, they will die when they go to school. Everyone in their dorm will dislike them. And, I mean, Joseph Grenny said, and I thought this was great, he said the number one thing that, he, that a gift from parents can give to their children is that they can give their children complication. Yes. And I think that is so true. So true. Yes. Because a lot of kids come out, or whenever they're leaving home, let's say it's for work or for school, whatever mm-hmm. the, the situation is, they leave home and they don't know how to take care of themselves. Right. These, these areas of responsibility, right. finance, hygiene, they they don't know how to do laundry. Yeah. And right there, James. Yeah. Well, I mean. Yeah, I don't do laundry. They do, they do their laundry for you in prison, yeah. right? That's, yeah. The yeah, day so. I went into prison, didn't have to worry about laundry ever again. It was you great. take off your shirt. They wash it for you. Give you a new yeah. orange By the way, but, jumpsuit. Uh, but shiv making, you got really good at. You could make a, you could make a, 
and yeah, die. Yeah, I, I focus my talents on other uh, places <laughs> instead of laundry. Shiv making Shiv so good. Uh, uh, AKA, uh, yeah. Anyway, um, so here's what I want you to teach us. What else do I, as a parent, because I love the idea of making my children's life more complicated. Right. To me, that sounds fun. But you can't do it all at once. You okay. can't give your child all this responsibility that an adult would have all right. at once. It, it wouldn't work. But let's say you've got a, a young 12-year-old, and you want to teach him how to budget, finance. Yeah. So you might help him open a checking account. You might go to him with a bank and open a small checking account. That's a great him, idea. And so he can learn the value of money, something like that. But we don't do that because that's hard. Yeah. We it's don't hard have enough time. for us to go to the bank for ourselves. Now i got to get my kids to go. But... Think of how important that lesson is so when they get on campus or when they get out in the real world, they're not all of a sudden getting a credit card and not knowing how to budget, you know, balance a bank account. And we know from the statistics that credit is something that uh, the young adults in the United States do not understand very well. Yeah. That's something that I think the, the parents in the United States could, could do a lot better instructing. So we could teach them better on budgeting, money, right. finances. What else? What else do we well, need to make sure we teach well, our kids? Well, just simple hygiene. I mean, oh, taking yes. yeah, deodorant, yes. shower, yes. how to do laundry. Yes. I mean, these are things that, that affect people all around you. Uh-huh. So I had a roommate. Yeah. I won't name his name, but it, his name was Shane. And, uh, it rhymes with Zane. Yeah. I mean, he came to school free, away from home. He didn't know how to do dishes. He didn't know how to clean his room. He yeah. didn't know how to do laundry. And it was a burden on everyone else in the So apartment. the rest of you got yeah. to do his dishes. Yeah. So, and I mean, that, that was just horrible. Did you do Sean's laundry? Shane. Or Shane? Uh, yeah. A few times. I mean... I, I showed him how the the laundry machine worked, how you know how the dryer and the washer worked. That was when he came home one day. Were you sitting there folding his laundry and you ignored him? You know what like, I did, Shane? I just, we're not talking. I just dumped it on his bed. I'm not going to fold it. You, you, you know, did his laundry though. They need to take responsibility. You, know? you are a good husband. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, future prospective husband. But uh, going back to, to okay. learning how to take responsibility, Admiral William H. McRaven, yeah, uh, of the United States Navy, he gave a graduation speech at the University of Texas this this year in May, and he talked about if you want to make a difference in the world, if you want to change the world, the first step is to make your bed. You know, to learn to take responsibility. Like, don't start with Ebola. Yeah, right. Start with your bed. Yeah, make your bed. Yeah. No, but in a way, that's very true. Start with your own self. And Joseph talked about that. Start in your own world. Start in your own wheelhouse. Start with your bed. Then move to your closet. <laughs> then move to your laundry. But I, I think it, when going back to think about Shane, I think it all comes from uh, teaching our kids to have this self-reliant mentality. Yeah. When they go off, you know, yeah. learning how to do this stuff on their own. You got to take uh, control of your health. That means learning to get enough sleep, exercise, diet. You might want to make an exercise plan. A lot of kids oh, yeah. just come out and they they learn. Oh, you know, I can't stay up for three days in a row. I'll get sick. I get sick. It's funny. Oh, I my can't mom, eat pizza every day. Yeah, my mom told me to go to bed, and that that's probably because, you know. See, it's, oh, it's so true. We uh, That's one of the things, I think that's one of the benefits at, of um, being a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Because I sent my son at age 18 to Mexico on his mission. I didn't send him. The church sent him <laughs> to Mexico. But here's what's cool about it. Uh, from about 17 and a half on... He started realizing he's on his own, and he's going to have to learn a bunch of stuff. But we realized there's a lot of stuff we weren't teaching him, like ironing, taking yeah. care of his clothes, taking care of his shoes. How to change a flat tire, uh-huh. all kinds of different all stuff. All of that stuff. 
see, that's that's how you create responsible kids. And your parents, both of you, James, you too, Mike. Your parents have done a great job, right? Thanks, mom and dad. Thanks, yeah, mom really and dad. You huge. guys sure know how to take care of some incredible kids. Oh. And now Mike's gonna marry Alyssa. <laughs> yep, it's official. Mike is going to marry Alyssa. I just let it out. Yep, cat's out of the bag. Everyone was thinking it. Cat's Mike. out of the bag. Mike's engaged. Boom. That, not yet. Well, hold it. What? Not, maybe later. Do you need more advice on how to be responsible enough to get married? Yeah, let's talk about this. So what should I do? I would say, Alyssa, I'd get on one knee. I would get a ring. I would, you know where I would take her? I'd take her to a, a baseball, a professional game, because girls love to get engaged at a sporting event. That's true. In front of tens of millions of people. And you sit down, you kneel down in front of her, and you put the ring out in front of her, and you say, yo, Alyssa, what are you doing for eternity? So let's recap this. Yeah. Got to make sure it's really public. Public. Women love public engagement. You should be on the jumbotron. Really early in the relationship. I would do it early before, because you could lose her if you don't. Yeah. Probably do it before you do it when asking her is still a weird question. Like, it's like she may not do it. You you, you don't want to know. You want to spring it on her. And when you spring it, public. Because that just adds, right. it heightens the excitement. More pressure. She probably will yeah. say yes then, right? Well, and she, if she doesn't, she'll say no, but it'll be public. It'll be something you'll always remember. Yeah. I, I guess I need to take responsibility for this, right? That's right. Just do it. Just do it. All right? Just do it. But that's from the Doctor of Passion, Doctor yeah. with a K. Yes! Okay, so we're going to take a break. Well done, Miguel. Alyssa, I'm sorry if you're listening. We'll talk later. We'll talk later at the baseball game. public event, yeah. On one knee. That's why we're here, folks. The Matt Townsend Show. We're here to give you ideas like that. Little nuggets. Little nuggets that can change your life forever. We're going to take a break when we come back. Speaking of a little nugget, Meg Conley's here. Meg Conley's in the house from Meg in Progress. Buckle up and get ready, folks. The girl's been arrested in the Dominican Republic for reals. Real arrest. You know. She was almost in the electric chair. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Meg Conley, when we come back, you're listening to the Matt Townsend Show right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. We're coming to you live today from the Wilkinson Student Center right here on BYU campus in the middle of Education Week. Hey, and in the house is Meg Conley. It's been too long. I know. Where have you been all my life? I've, I've been busy. Let's talk about it. Okay. By the way, Meg from Meg in Progress. Meg, you remember, it's been so long you may have forgotten, but she has two kids, Zuzu and Viola. Yes. She has one husband named Riley, Riley yeah. which she made famous. Yes, poor man has been on so many TV shows you've, over the past few weeks. You've been on Good Morning America. Nightline. Nightline. And then we're going to be on the Steve Harvey show. Oh, man. We're Are filming you on. We're filming next week, but it'll go live in a couple weeks. But And this is because of a blog you put on your on your site, Meg in Progress. Sure, and I wrote it about a year ago, but yeah. then um, Huffington Post picked it up. Yes. Um, just two weeks ago. Yes. And I haven't checked for five days, but when I checked five days ago, it had been liked on Facebook 1.1 million 
million times. Holy, well, you know what? Can why? you believe that? But it's because the topic. Well, but a lot of people hate it too. A lot of people hate it. Like it's sensational. I can't even check my Twitter account anymore because so many people are. Do they really? Are they rude? Are they rude? Things. Yeah, totally. Well, James rude. was writing some really bad stuff. James, we're besties. And he's the doctor on, of man. passion. Yeah. Oh. Doctor with a cane. You got, okay. It's not it's, that official. It's yet. a different. Doctor? It's a That's diff- what that would sound like. It's a different kind of doctor. doctor. Yeah. Um, but you've been famous. Yeah. So poor Riley's had to be on all these TV shows oh, with that me. Poor he's, guy. He's part of the part of the article. But then, so. because the article just talks about the importance of marital intimacy. Yes. Yes. And that's a very kosher way to and, talk and about And a one-month yes. challenge. Yes. To let's just say touch them all. <laughs> Every day, thirty for thirty, and we just got kicked out of BYU. I know. I just see how I just jumped around. There. But it's very, very, very. It was a great article. Thank and you. So people Thank can you. go to Meg in Progress. Yeah, it's it's, it's in there. It's in and the they can voice any of their negative comments there. I get lots of them. But of I them, get lots of good ones. I get lots of good ones. None too, of them so. need to be sent to. The, the, Matt my Townsend show. is not no. affiliated with no. this. No way affiliated. <laughs> Even though I am an advocate, right, right, absolutely. But that's not all you did. Then you no. went, uh, you went with Operation Underground Railroad. Yes, which is this amazing organization that goes in and rescues kids from um, the horrendous world of human trafficking. Yes. And so last week I went on a sting with them in the Dominican Republic, and I posed as a human trafficker. Oh, I thought you would have posed as like a little teenage girl. Well, I I, I look almost young you enough, do. which is something that needs to be taken it's care creepy. of. No, it's creepy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I um no I I the Tim Ballard who is the founder of this he um he approached me a couple months ago and said would you go on a scene with us and of course when he when he said that what I'm pic- picturing yeah. is they're all getting the bad guys and I'm like I don't know a loft somewhere yeah you know yeah. and I'm like looking through a window uh-huh. with like my notebook yeah. my yeah. butterfly notebook yeah. writing down with, what's yeah, happening with a little butterfly pencil sure um, that is not what happened no, I was part of a hardcore military sting everything about it it's like what you see really it's like what you see in the movies except for better it's more organized safer did you taste anybody talent. No, no, but, but, so it wasn't but there that were great. AR-15s involved, so well, it was, really? like, pretty intense. Well, then how did you get arrested? Okay, so, so what that happened... that seems backwards. So, so it's very, very interesting. So you go in, and you you pose as a human trafficker, and so they thought that there were... It was me and ten other operatives, and um, there Operat- were... Operatives? Operatives. That's what we were that straight the word up that, called. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's crazy. Did you and, call the others the perps? Um, no, just criminals. Okay. And because um, I, I would have called them perps. So, so we pose as as people who are willing to um, purchase these children, oh, and man. the the um, the criminals come in. There were eight of them, and they wheel and deal and negotiate. And meanwhile, the kids, you know, are in in the backyard in safe hands. Oh, good. But um, and then and then when the deal is finally done. Um, a secret signal is given to the Dominican police who are waiting outside. Is it like... <clears throat> um, it, well, it was a little bit more sophisticated okay, than that, but not okay. much more. We'll see. And, I've never um, been on a sting. And then and then the police swarm the house. And at that point, I was inside the house um, pretending to be a human trafficker and hobnobbing with these 
sellers of children and having conversations with them and laughing with crazy. them. You're crazy. It was crazy. And so the police come in and they've all got these AR-15s and they're pointing them at all of us and like, get down, get down in Spanish. And so, you, you know, know Spanish? Ha- no, no. But so, you don't need an interpreter, right? When someone's yelling, get down, like you get what no. they're saying. Well, right? uh, it depends. Yeah. Well, I got it. I got it. And <laughs> yeah, so, um, and so I did what I was told, hands above the head, you know, face down on the tile. They came and put my hands behind my back, like, you know, oh, man. come behind I my back. And, did you get video of this? Um, yeah. No, actually we I did. I want to so, see this. So this organization is amazing. Every step of the way from first contacting the criminals to the finalizing of the deal to the arrest, it's all... It's all um, filmed and with, with um, hidden cameras cool. yeah. that are like in backpacks, in watches. And so every step of the way is filmed. So that means that when they turn over these criminals to the local government, whatever country they're in, they're also turning in every piece of evidence. They're open That's and great. shut cases. Yeah. So, so it was filmed. So if you go on my blog today, there's actually a still. Really? From, yeah, there is. Check it out. There's a still from, um, I'm, I'm like face down on the floor, oh. hands behind my back. But, Let's be clear, though. Let's just be clear. Yes. You are not a I'm, trafficker. I am not a trafficker, but I posed as one. Okay. That's, to, I just want to get that out And there. And, you know, Tim invited me because... Um, You're a writer. I'm a writer, and he, he likes the way that I write, and he felt like, let's raise some awareness. Because mm-hmm. here's the thing. This industry, which unfortunately, that's what it is, right? Oh, horrible. This industry is exploding right now. I mean, we cannot keep up with it. And so what organizations need is money. They need funds. Yeah, yeah. And at the end of the day, your money can do a lot of good. Oh, yeah. And so, um, so th- they can go to that website. He had me write out the story. So, ourrescue.org. O-U-R rescue.org. And they have this great program. It's um, uh, Give a Lincoln, Save a Slave. So, for $5 oh, a month, um, you become an abolitionist. And, oh, and cool. all of your money goes directly to fund these missions. And, you know, I have to say that when I was first asked to go, and I thought this was so great, your show's on accountability. Yeah. And I felt like well, I'm interested in going, but but what what do I owe these people in a different country that I don't owe the people in my country? Should I be doing work here? Should we be like leaving domestic things to go work internationally? Right. Absolutely, we owe it to these babies. That's cool. It was amazing, and and you know, unfortunately, uh, most of the people that create the demand for this. Um, horrible practice are American. Are and so really? and so I felt that I'm I'm accountable for their actions and yeah. I need to go in and try and clean up are and help out. Are you kidding? Out. You would never think. No, it's horrible. That it's is horrible. horrible. But then you have good men and women like, you know, like, who are part of Operation yeah. Underground and they're going in and and they are it's professional. It's not a bunch of cowboys. Mm-hmm. I thought at first I was like, I've never been a part of this. Maybe it's just a bunch of men who like are thrill-seeking yeah. and get to do some good on the side. This was all business all the time. It was, was it, really? it was crazy. There were briefings. I was part of a military briefing to be well, a part of this thing. It was crazy. You I can see the picture from your yes. website, Megan yes. Progress. You look like a trafficker. Really? My t-shirt and jeans? That's like your yeah. typical oh, yeah. trafficker? <laughs> I mean, you couldn't look more like a trafficker. Thank you? That is... Um, well, I have to tell you... You didn't even was, have your lipstick on. It was great. I know. There's lipstick. I think... I th- so I think I'd, I'd been drinking a lot. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, of, of, 
of non-alcoholic beverages. Okay. Just checking. I've been drinking no, a no, lot. No, no, That makes sense. Is that why they threw you on the ground? No, or did you fall on the ground and they walked No, out? no. You know what's so interesting is you're, it should look like you're drinking, but almost everybody involved in this doesn't drink. And so what you do is you just wash out a bunch of beer bottles and, and then fake. fill it with other things. So it looks like you're drinking alcohol. So wow. What you will do to save kids. That's cool. No, it was amazing. And then these kids, you think, okay, they're saved. Now what? Yeah. Because um, that's actually not the hardest part of the process necessarily, what, right? What else is hard? So these, um, what our does, what Operation Underground Rescue does is they go in and they find nonprofits that rehabilitate these kids. Oh. And so they'll only, they work with this local government and they say, okay, we're going to do this thing. We're excited for you to be a part of it. When it happens, these children need to be given to this approved organization. They have the right psychologists. They have the right materials, the right resources. Yeah. And so, and so all of those kids are, um, are really given a chance. This isn't slapdash. Every about, everything about this has been thought through. That's the, cool. Tim, he's been, he did this with Homeland Security for 15 years before he left. So he already knows. This. So he's the pro. And then he brings in a bunch of, let's just say, little leaguers. Listen, they were all pros. I was the only little leaguer. You were the I only I was so out of my leaguer. element. I mean, I think. But did they know you were had been on Good Morning America? They did. Well, it was so funny because the film crew. So they're making a documentary out of this. Um, and it's being produced by Gerald Mullen. He did Twister, Schindler's List. Wow. Like, all these huge movies, right? And he felt like, well, the best way to raise awareness is to do this documentary. Right. So there's this film crew there. And they... Um, they said, what was your name again? And when I first got there, I was like, Meg Conley. And they were like, I read your post on Huffington Post, and I sent I it to my wife. It. I sent it to my wife. <laughs> I was like, oh, dear. My wife is so mad at you. Yeah. <laughs> my wife can't stand you. She hates you. You know, I bet there's She's a lot of people you right that don't now. like you. <laughs> Not only do you... You're, That's horrible to say, man. Yeah, it is. What, what are you called? What are they, you're a narc. I'm a narc. You're, sure. a, you're a child slave narc. Sure, sure. And you're... And, a, I'm, and I'm pro-marriage. Hap, pro happy marital intimacy. Sure. That's a rough place to find yourself. I have to, I have to tell you, though... This is I, our last show together. <laughs> I'm just going to let you know that right now. This is the last yeah, time... I thought we were best. Well, we were until... Your last couple weeks. But, and then it's over. Because everything came unhinged. Didn't you kick, was it James or Mike that you already kicked off the show once? You kicked one of them off. Uh, I think I've been kicked off the show at least two times now. The funny two thing times. is I kick you a lot of people back. off, yeah. but nobody leaves. Nobody leaves. They're like, oh, Matt. Moral of the story, Matt has no power on the we show. We don't take him seriously. Nobody. Just has your name. Nobody ever it. leaves. But um, we're going to take a break. I've got more Can to say. Can you stick with us? Please Absolutely. do. Uh, Megan Progress. Go check out her website if you dare. And if you do, you'll get to take a look at her uh, literally being arrested. Right. And this was right before she got tased. <laughs> More when we come back. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Today we're talking accountability. We'll be back right here on BYU Radio. everybody to the Matt Townsend show in the house Meg Conley from Meg in Progress yes sir uh, this is by the way her last show <laughs> don't say that it's so good to be here it's, it's been so long I have missed you we've all missed you I, I it's like a hole right like but when I'm not there it's a hole either way 
<laughs> a black hole when I am here. No, but when you're here, it's just so fun. Good, good. I'm glad. I know, it's like being home. I'm when like, hey, guys. But then you're on, like, Nightline, Good Morning America, and it's funny to watch you talk to people here. Yeah. Because you're like, well, anyway, when I was on Nightline. With, I would never. You did. I did not. You, well, you I said did. I was on a couple TV shows. I was, it was, I was on a couple national TV That's shows of huge importance. <laughs> that was really cool. I'm proud of you. Thank you, Matt. Um, and then Sean even got you a diet Coca-Cola with beverage. My name with on your it. name on it. It's like star treatment over here. It's amazing. Yeah. We look out for you. You do. Uh, I got Smart Water. Yeah. Well, I love Smart Water. It's kind of got my name on it. Sure, sure. And it's yellow. Water. Yeah, it's, uh, that's just, that's not. What do you not, put in there, Matt? Th- that's just water. <laughs> it's, it's water. Anyway, back to the show, folks. We're uh, doing the show from the Wilkinson Center here on BYU campus. It's Education Week. Yeah. Are you involved in Education Week? No. This. This is. Yeah. This, this is, is your my involvement. Contribution. Yeah. And what a contribution it is. Uh, I say boring. <laughs> I'd say you could give more. I've got more. You know, I could talk for another three so, hours. Let's teaches, extend the show. So you once again are now a traffic, a human sex trafficking I, I, I posed, narc. Yeah. I was told not to use the S word when I was talking about it. I was told just to say human trafficking. Okay. Sean's rules. Okay. Follow <laughs> Sean's rules. But that's what they're being trafficked for, yes. sadly. And yes. you went to Dominican Republic with Operation Underground Rescue. Yes. And you performed a sting. You yes. were a member of the sting. You were supposedly, you were pretending to be a buyer. Yeah, a purchaser of, of the goods, unfortunately. And then the police came in. They threw you to the ground. They yes. tased you. They did not tase and me. they took you to prison. No, th- I didn't go to prison. Oh. I was just, you know, arrested on the ground for how, a while. How long did it take them to figure out that you were, you were on a white hat, we'll so, call you. So they knew. They okay. knew ahead of time. The, oh, they had to pretend like you were bad. Sure. So they didn't yeah, break they your pretend- cover. Exactly, exactly. And we, we stayed undercover the whole time. We went to a safe house. 45 minutes away, right next door to Robinson Cano's current house, which really? is very exciting. How cool is that? Yeah. Did you see him? Did you talk to him? I did not him? see him. I think he's playing baseball right now. He's probably busy right yeah, now. Yeah, he's probably busy. You think he'd drop back once in a while? Sure, sure, once in a while. <laughs> but, but you know, I have to say that it was, I and I told, I told some of the members of the team this afterwards, but being a part of this, aside from my marriage, giving birth to my kids, holding my dad's hand while he died... This is one of the most important things I've ever done. Seriously. Absolutely. Marriage, deliveries, dad, hold handing, handing, hand holding. It has forever changed the way that I view the world and the way that I view my participation in the world. You can't just be a bystander. No. And there are so many things that you can do to help. I mean, at the end of the day, these kids that were there were mostly... uh, you know, they'd be in middle school was was mostly their age range, and they no um, way. And they're and here they are on the in the market. They're they're being and sold, they ha- and they have been for years. <laughs> and um, and there's and honestly, it's a circumstance of biology and undeserved blessing that my daughters were not amongst them. Oh yeah. I mean, and I and I feel like as soon as we realize that, I think that sometimes we also feel like we need to go in. And I'm going to save you, and I'm going to I'm going to show you how to live, and I'm yeah. going to direct your life. Okay, that's not the right way to go no. about it. And these organizations don't do that. They remove the children from the situation, and then they teach them the power of their own voices. And um, and that I think is what we can do. Totally. And we can do it in our homes. We can do it in our communities, and we can become involved with organizations like this. I mean, it's like I was saying for five dollars a month. What? That's two diet cokes. 
Well, if if it's McDonald's, if you're going to McDonald's, it's five diet cokes. But but two if you're measuring your life by diet beverages, doesn't everybody? But, but yes, but, see, but, but it's that do. small of a it's thing. It's that small, and that's a cape. That, I mean, you spend ten times, a hundred times sure, that on other sure. junk. And you know, and they they're using the money wisely. Everything goes to the operational costs, and so at the end of the day, you can literally put a face to your dollars, that's the cool. people that you've saved, and and I think that the thing that was so. So so they brought me into the room. I wasn't supposed to be in the room where the deal was going down. Yeah, because you could get shot. Well, there were no guns there at the time, but it was a more dangerous situation. You could get bit. I could get bit. And all human <laughs> bites get infected. I know. Like 98% of them. Wow. Yikes. There's a fun fact. Hold on. <laughs> Why do you even know that? Um, I don't know. I think I was reading how dirty the human mouth was once. <laughs> you need to let some information go. You don't have, you don't have to retain everything. Anyway, so they, so they brought... That's crazy. So they brought me in and um, and money, right? Like we think money is like this evil thing. And here it felt evil. You know, they had thousands of dollars in pesos, which thousands of U.S. dollars converted into pesos is a it's lot a, of money. It's a ton of money. And they're thumping the money on the table, paying out to all these sellers. And the sellers are negotiating like what child will do what service for how much. I mean, it's oh, horrible, geez. right? And I'm sitting there watching all of it. And as the money is thumping, I'm thinking money is evil. This is all happening because of money. And that's wrongheaded thinking, yeah, right? All right. Because money is a resource and it can be used incorrectly and it can be used correctly. Here, here, if it had been real sell, you know, real purchasers, yes, this is an incorrect use of money, but how can my money help? Like all that money that was being thumped on the table came from donors oh. so that these children could be saved. I mean, that Lives are, and those phenomenal. are phenomenal. Yeah. That was life. Okay. Yeah. And I just, and how exciting and we're so blessed. And what can we do? What is our five? dollar difference. It doesn't have to be with this organization, but there is something that you can uh-huh. do. And whether it's literally $5 or just, you know, $5, like the symbol for a slight expenditure of your time. Yeah. Like we belong to one another. Right. We should be lifting one each other, one another up. Well, get out, get it, get into your community, get in. I mean, there's a million needs locally. Right. Absolutely. So if you don't want to go to Dominican Republic. Right. Or you don't want to get on the internet for heaven's sakes. Right. Yeah, it's so easy. You just go to the website and you yeah. like and it's a recurring monthly donation. But but there are things that we can there are things that we can do here and and luckily I feel like what I discovered in the Dominican Republic is we don't have to choose. We get to do both. Yeah, I totally agree. I think um it's weird as a human, we sit there and I think we think our life's tough. We get caught up in sure. our life. Sure. But we're not you then bring you have somebody like you bring a story in about what a tough life is. Right. Whole different ballgame. Right. And it's all relative. I think that yeah. we can get hard like it's okay to have hard times. Yeah. It's okay for your yeah. cushy middle class life to not feel cushy sometimes. Well yeah, like what happens if you ruin a good shirt? I'm willing to spend a few minutes being upset about that. That's okay. I'm just saying all within perspective. And at the end of the day, what are we doing to help other people's voices be heard? Uh And that that is the question that I'm going to start asking myself every night before I go to bed. And whether it's my children's voices or someone else's children's voices, what did I do that day that made those sound out through the night? Because you spend a lot of time helping my voice get heard. (laughs) You help my voice get heard. I feel like we need to sing. If, if Aaron was there, he could play like Let It Go or something. Let it go. There it is. Let it go. Wow. All you got to do is ask. I'd have to say that was the most powerful part of this program thus far. No, it wasn't. <laughs> well, looking at your picture on Meg in Progress, when you're face down and about to get tased, 
You look sad. I'm like, so sad. I bet you were just sad on many levels. So here's the thing. Um, where I was, there was the back door where I was, and then you had to go past me and over me to get to the front door. So the kids the kids had been in the backyard um, swimming in the pool, like eating all these snacks. They were hungry. We had bought all these snacks. And so when the police swarmed um, inside the house, they also went into the backyard. They didn't scare the children, but they did contain them, get them out of the pool, gathered them. Mm. And so... The kids, there was a bus waiting for them in the front yard to take them to their safe house where they were going to be helped. But to get there, they had to walk through the back door and over me to get uh, to the front yard. And so, Where were the kids from? Um, a lot of them were Dominican and some of them were Haitian. They'd been kidnapped after the earthquake. Oh. Yeah. But but a lot of them live with the, um, with the sellers. And some of them live with their parents and they're just sold out here and there, unfortunately. It's just tragic. Yeah. But to get... Um, they walk by you and you see they, they every had, little foot, every teenage foot. Well, they had to walk over foot, me. Yeah. So they stepped on me and their feet were... And I hated... And, and as they walked over me, the water that, from swimming um, dripped onto me, like onto my, yeah. you know, my legs, my, my, the back of my neck. Yeah. And they were crying. And at the time, I was so overwhelmed that I understand now that the, t- the, the water came from their swimsuits. But at the time, I thought it, I thought it was their tears. I mean, it was... Uh. And I hated that I was the last obstacle before they got to that open door. Yeah. And that, and that they will always... You know, the time that they were taken out of the life, there was this girl there with curly hair, and she was one what of the if, bad guys. I know. You're now, and they'll yeah, never now. know. It doesn't matter. No. no, it doesn't matter. But, but for me, that was, um, and even though that's insignificant and uh, a little uh, s- uh, self-involved to think about, that was difficult for me. That I would always be one of the bad guys to them. Yeah, but that's huge. I mean, look at how self-aware you are. That, that I, I, I would have been thinking, man, they need to clean this floor. <laughs> the floor was spotless. I can see it. Which like means that I could marble. see. It was amazing because I could put my chin up on it. Because I was on the ground for quite a while. I could put my chin up on it and see everything that was happening around me in the reflection of the floor. Which, as a writer, I was like, thank you for mopping the so floor yesterday. Like, I could see everything. I could I, see I, the perps you, being taken out. And the perps. Uh, I use that word for I, you, Matt. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. I appreciate it because that's, that's the word. Would use sure. if I was involved in a sure. thing. I would use it. I use it when these guys just walk in. For oh, a James meeting. is a perp for sure. Look at that sly the perpetrators. Face. Yeah. <laughs> hey, um, then, is this your first article? Are you going to write many more? So there's more. There was a there was a article before this about yeah, it that's tra- also on my it. site. Yeah, traffic stop and then red light is this one, and then I have two or three more um, coming up, and then wow. and then I'll have another one published in. Um, most likely Huffington Post. That, that'll be a little bit more condensed. And well, you know where that got you last time. Well, it, th- this will not get me to the same place. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it won't. <laughs> no, it actually might because it's a really cool story. Yeah, it's and and I don't know. It's amazing to be involved with people who are actually changing the world. Oh, yeah. I, I had a couple commenters on Instagram and stuff, you know, you're so brave. And it's like, no, I was just observing courage. Yeah. I wasn't brave. Yeah, you weren't. But the people yeah. involved are really, really brave. Because they're, they're putting their lives on It's God's and, yeah, absolutely. Well, and they're pros, but it doesn't matter. You're still messing with some They've pretty bad people. They've got wives and kids at home, and these people are rough. Yeah. Oh, man. And then, but that's interesting, too. That's scary, because if a lot of these are Americans that are buying these people, sure, they could find out who you are. Well, most of the um, the names of the people who and faces of the people who do this regularly are not released. Okay. So, so it, it, it ends up working. And, and these are... A lot of this is, it happens in resort towns, but the, the people directly involved are kind of, um, they're not checking my blog. 
and they're not checking. <laughs> they're, so, but they may be listening to my show. They might be listening to your show. I'm not saying, you know, one way or another. Sure, sure. Everybody's Meg, a fan, man. You're amazing. Oh, I'm just so glad to be here. You're amazing. So um, here's the deal. Yeah. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about what? Yeah, we're going to talk. We're, we've got Vanessa Joy back again. Marvin Goldstein uh, are going to be joining us. And we're going to be, as we wrap this up, talking about appropriate ages. We're going to get information, feedback about what age a child should, I don't know, go on a sting. What age <laughs> should a child start, you know. I was the wrong age. Get their cell phone. Yeah, you were way too old. I was way too young. You are. We're taking a break. We'll be right back to wrap up this show. You're listening to the Matt Townsend Show right here on B. BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. That is the hoedown music, which means it's time for the wrap-up part of the show. A little hoedown for everybody and as we wrap up the show, we've got some special guests back by popular demand. Vanessa Joy, Marvin Goldstein, two. By the way, another day. You've had another day of beautiful music here at BYU. Absolutely, we did. Vanessa, we just got done with an awesome class with Janice Cat Perry, and really? I got to sing with her. Oh, man. Yeah, I feel really honored. Jan- Janessa, I mean, <laughs> Vanessa is a an incredible vocalist. She reminds me a lot, Megan, of me. <laughs> It's amazing how the greats always do that for you. She no, Vanessa yeah. actually got pipes. Vanessa knows how to sing. And then Marvin, he just plays around, tinkers around, let's just say, on he the piano awesome a bit. He did awesome in class. He was one of so the best good. pianists in the world. I'm one of the best in the Wilkinson Center right here near the cafeteria. No. You are a f- I wouldn't a work with anybody than, to, other than him. And together, you, you put together a great show. So well, here's the deal. Yes. We are going to, Sean has been trying to figure out what is the appropriate age for certain things for our children. So, like, at what age should a child get their first cell phone? I don't know if Actually, that's, that's one the of, first question. Is it? Yes. Teach us, Sean. What have, what have you been researching? Why have you why have you put these questions together? Well, it's accountability. Uh. We need to teach our kids accountability. <laughs> that's our topic today uh. on the show. Yes. So, at what age do you want your children to have this accountability? What, what age do I want them to have it? Yes. And what age is appropriate? Well, that's... Yeah, there's a difference, There is right? a difference, yeah. yes. A huge difference. And each child is different as well. So true. So... Let's start off just right off the bat. What age do you think a kid should have a cell phone? 18. Okay. Wow. Vanessa? Your kids will hate you. Whenever they're ready. I mean, honestly, as soon as they learn how to work it. We're going to cover that, but is there an age that you think? As soon as they know how to work it, I think that they can have one. Not necessarily that they can take it everywhere they go. Yeah. Okay. Meg? Well, so my kids are still young, but they're they're involved in things that will keep them out of house and so my rule is cell phone as soon as i need to pick them up from somewhere and they I need see. to call me but not a smartphone until they go to college oh i like that wow <laughs> so matt. you would just give them and a no brick phone. and no text messaging there you go matt uh, now as somebody that has a bunch of teenagers that all have cell phones biggest mistake of my life was starting too young there you go because then you can't back out of it so i wouldn't let them have a phone device because by the way they cause cancer (laughs) everything french fries cause cancer i I don't get my kids french fries right well they can't use fries either for their phone uh i'd say 12 
Okay. I think 12 is a good age. But then yeah. I take the phones away at night. And well, let's then, see. Oh, let's, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Let's see if you reconsider after some questions that maybe <laughs> oh, you should ask boy. about the situation. Okay. I'm First think- of all, how independent is your kid? So Very. He's okay. a seven on an independent scale. <laughs> Do your children need to be in touch for safety reasons? Yeah. No. Or social reasons? No. Sometimes safety, right? Like my daughter's no. at dance and she wants to like call me. No. Hey, Mom, we got out early. You know what? Your daughter could walk home from dance. She couldn't. It's you, like did you miles. used to walk home from stuff? She's five years old. I know. Let her run. <laughs> yeah. She can run. No, but no see, I mean, we survived without him, so it's true. I mean, it's, true. it's like we've got. We did the. I mean, and Marvin sitting here shaking his head. <laughs> he was mugged at six. We didn't have a TV till I was five. Ooh, wow. No, that's well, why I, I can play the cell phone technology. TV. I'm fine with no TV. Well, <laughs> the idea of a cell phone technology is abused in a major way. Yes, and so that's, I'm, that's I mean, some of the yeah. other questions actually. Yeah. Can you get behind, can your child get behind the concept of minutes talked and apps downloaded so they know about spending on the phone? See, but my kid Ooh. won't have a phone that can do that. It would right. be like a brick phone where it just dials out. One well, way. That's it. Yeah. Only out, yes. not well, in. They, it'll die, they, can, they can receive my phone call. Your call. Yeah. One, one I'm line. I'm serious. It that's would good. be like, we'll have to get a phone from 1990. Right. And, and that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Actually, I believe they sell phones like that. You can find right. them. It's for the senior citizens. Mm-hmm. And they've got like mm-hmm. really big buttons. That's mm-hmm. what my kids will have. And then they'll you can, call it. There's another, you can push another button that says, I've fallen and I can't get no, up. No, I mean, yeah, I think. I would use that. That's a great button. Yeah. I think having your child with you and learning with you is the reason why I would go at, at a young age yeah. because mm-hmm. they're still willing to hear you out. Yes. They're still willing to listen to your advice. And so when you start young, they trust you. When they get to be teenagers, they it's don't true. necessarily want to hear from mom and dad and Plus all their they opinions. Know, they know right. more about it than you do. Yes, they do. True. They know every way around. Yes, they do. It's amazing. But <laughs> I also like the idea that I have something on them. Yeah. The way, the way <laughs> yeah, we do you it can our, take it away. That's right. In our bad. family, actually, we have a family cell phone. And if my daughters are going idea. someplace that they need yeah, to that's be, a good idea. Very good. we send yeah. it with them. Yeah, that's, great. that's a great idea. Mm-hmm. I can get behind that. We yeah, a, they don't need to have their own. And we use a pay-as-you-go plan for sure. that one, so we don't have to, it doesn't that's great. take a great. lot. Good one. So, that's easy. So next, the answer is Wow, Sean, 12. good idea. We're all a little shocked. <laughs> Gee, thanks, man. <laughs> Sean's a good parent. Holy wow, cow. Who knew? <laughs> so the next question. What age is it appropriate for your child to stay home and watch younger siblings? How bad do you need a date? There you yeah. go. <laughs> that is the age. Six, six to six years old. Is there a legal date? Like you age know, in I think your it's, city? I think 12 in Utah. I think it is 12 in Utah. I don't know about across the nation. There's nothing yeah, across I the either. nation. I think it is, is per state, but I don't know that many states actually have an age. That's, yeah. So let's give it an age. How hey, long are you I, leaving for, though? You know what I mean? Yeah, that's like, part that's of it. Big... Just a weekend. Three hour, three days. <laughs> you know, I started babysitting. Country. I was the oldest. I started babysitting at eight. Yeah, yeah. I was, And so, I, I mean, 10. I think a kid is, I think that's really young. Well, I don't you leave Depending your children you with yeah. the other children? When you're in the house? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. All the time. <laughs> well, or like even when you, I've got to go run and get your brother. What age would you leave your child with your other child for 20 minutes? Yeah. I've done that already. So That's another thing is how, how long are you going to be gone? And uh, so most experts say that 10 or 11, yeah. you're okay to leave them for right. something under an hour. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And if you're only, you know, if you're only going away for a little bit. But here's what you have to bit. do. When you get back, 
immediately go to the children and see if they're like, <laughs> yes, because oh, if yeah. they're hyperventilating, <laughs> then it didn't go well. <laughs> then you've got mean sister, and that's bad. Watch out for mean sister. Some factors to consider, though, with this age. Do you live in a quiet rural resident or residential neighborhood? True. Do you have a low crime rate in your area? Yeah, I don't think you should leave the children alone like Compton. No. Like, that is important. Do you have an alarm system, and do they know how to use it? Oh, boy. That's, that's a something lot to of... consider. Yeah, that's tough. How about basic rules? Do your child, children understand the basic rules of do the house? Do they know how to put out a fire? <laughs> that, no, that do is... they know not to cook when you leave? Yes. Well, yeah. That would prevent the fire. Depending on the child, yes. <laughs> And have they uh, have they shown good judgment in past situations? Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah, See, parenting is hard. Mm-hmm. It is. That's why I let my wife do it. It's a challenge. And the other, the other question. <laughs> I was about to say, Marty doesn't leave <laughs> you alone so with the kids. She's so good at it. That's true. <laughs> She's so is good your, at it. Is your child comfortable with staying at home alone? Well, yeah, don't make them. No. Like, you don't no make way. Them. No. You will stay at home. But then there's some house rules. What do you do if the doorbell rings? You hide. What do you, what do you tell your kid? So when I don't come your, your children probably, yeah, they when don't answer it. My kids don't answer it even when I'm home. Yeah, my kids aren't allowed. No, seriously, that is the rule. Yeah. They that come is the and rule. get me. Yeah. yeah, that's our rule, too. But wow. my kids are little. I'm yeah. a bad parent. No, my, our rule is <laughs> my parents would call and let it ring once and then call back again so I knew it was them. Oh, even the phone had Even the me. phone. Oh. Yeah. Phone yeah. code. So we wouldn't, answer, phone. we wouldn't answer the phone for anybody else but my parents. After Meg's piece. Nowadays, though, you've got, <laughs> you've got caller ID, so it doesn't matter. It's crazy, yeah. Anyway, that's that's basically the all. The world I have. we live in. So the more you know. That's why we're here. Yep, giving you the tools. <laughs> Someone make wake Marvin up. Hey, uh, <laughs> go to marvingoldstein.com. You got ten seconds to tell us what we need to know that's coming up next, Marvin. What's coming up next? Um, obviously, BYU Education Week has just started. Yeah, you're killing. We got it. all the way through um, Friday. And the classes we've had so far are almost up to 1,200 people in each class in the Dion Concert Hall. You've got a big family, though, Marvin. No, they all came to see Janice Cat Perry and Vanessa Joy. I know. That's it. No, no. There's a bias against uh, people with the name Goldstein. That's so not true. Everyone comes they for love him. Marvin. I am they so do lucky love to be Marvin. part of his class. Roses are red. Violets are bluish. If it wasn't for Christmas, we'd all be Jewish. Wow. <laughs> Profound thought by Marvin Goldstein. I can get behind that. Like, Jewish food? Delicious. VanessaJoy.net. Yes. What's coming up for you out after Education Week? We're. I'm heading on a plane on Saturday morning to go to Portland. Oregon, and then we're going off to Orlando, and then we're going to Chile, and then we are going to Italy. Wow. I have a tour going for Italy. People can join it right now if this they want. Great. And then I'm going to, are you going to the Dominican Israel Republic? in October. <laughs> on Oct- in October. You're busy. Yeah, we've got a lot of trips scheduled. Okay, really well, keep fun. it up. Keep it up. Megan, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Everybody go to MeganInProgress.com. Meg, Meg in MeganInProgress.com. Come on, Matt. And uh, go <laughs> check out her pictures and read her now infamous blog about the 30-day challenge. Thanks, everybody, for joining us again. Uh, A quote for you from James Allen. A man sooner or later discovers that he is the master gardener of his soul, the director of his life. Let's all be more accountable. That's the show. We'll be back tomorrow. More ideas, more fun right here on the Matt Townsend Show on BYU Radio.